from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the Circle Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. It is my guys in the desert, Femi Abebefe, filling in for Stormy Tony. We got a great show over the next hour. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live, at Femi Abebefe. Four awesome guests for us here this afternoon. Stormy Tony is not in studio, but she will be joining us over the phone as she chats a little bit of NFL and CFP thoughts coming up at 2.45. At 2.30, Steve Buchanan, DraftKings NFL analyst to talk all things early week 17 takes in the National Football League. Of course, at 2.15, Ariel Epstein, the prop queen, Yahoo sports betting analyst talking NFL and NBA prop market here for tonight's slate. But in about five minutes, the godfather of VEASAN, the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, helps us remember the late, great John Madden. Before we get into all that, let's get into the top five stories you need to know as a better here on December 29th. The first one, we got some bad news and some good news for the Minnesota Vikings. The bad news, wide receiver Adam Thielen underwent season-ending ankle surgery today. The good news, running back Dalvin Cook has been activated off the COVID list. Vikings six and a half point underdogs at the Packers on Sunday night. The number two story you need to know is 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo could play on Sunday. Head coach Kyle Shanahan told reporters that Jimmy G has a grade three sprain in his right thumb. Niners right now 12 and a half point favorites hosting the Houston Texans. The number three story, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson was back at practice today. Jackson, of course, has not practiced over the last couple weeks. He was limited at practice today, and there was video that surfaced showing a significant limp for Jackson. Right now, Baltimore three-and-a-half-point home underdogs against the L.A. Rams. And the number four story that you need to know here on a Wednesday, Colts quarterback Carson Wentz might be able to play. Right now, Wentz is on the reserve COVID list. Head coach Frank Reich says if Wentz clears protocols Sunday morning, he'll be the starter against the Raiders for the Colts are six-point favorites at home right now in that contest. And then in other quarterback news, a little quarterback roundup, Broncos are expected to start Drew Locke against the Chargers on Sunday. Panthers will start Sam Darnold as they take on the New Orleans Saints. Giants head coach Joe Judge says both Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm will play against the Chicago Bears. And, of course, Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff said he's dealing with a knee injury. So Goff missed last week's game on the reserve COVID list. Now he's dealing with a knee injury, did not practice today. He's, he tries to go and play against the Seattle Seahawks later on this weekend. All right, joining us now as we remember the late, great John Madden, of course, the biggest news in the sports world since last night is the godfather of VSIN, one Brent Musburger, also the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. Brent, we really appreciate you joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. Obviously, wish it was on more happy terms here, but we wanted to get your thoughts here on the late, great John Madden. First of all, before we get into anything, just how can you put into words the impact John Madden had on the game of football? 
Yeah, there are very few people who had the kind of impact that John had on the history of the National Football League. And I've given it a lot of thought and talked to some reporters around the country. And, you know, John really had three viable careers involving the National Football League. We start, of course, with his tenure as a head coach of the then Oakland Raiders. It's sort of interesting because there was a theory out because writers have to have some reason for teams losing that John Madden couldn't lose because he just couldn't win the big one. Could not win the big one. That was what uh, they were harping on in the New York tabloids at the time. And, of course, now as we look back on it, we realize that the Raiders were the second best team in the NFL. And the first and best team was either the Miami Dolphins or the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they would eliminate the Raiders. But finally, Big John and Ken Stabler broke through, uh, won that big Super Bowl out in the Rose Bowl. It still brings a smile to my face uh, every time I think about how difficult it was for several of the Raider players to hoist John up in the air. <laughs> and, we, and we see that picture as they're carrying him toward midfield. And the other picture uh, that always amuses us about John is when he's on the sideline, he's always got his sideline pass attached to his belt as though nobody would recognize him and they would deny him entry into a field. <laughs> but there was Big John on the sideline wearing his pass. So then uh, he was worn out and he didn't want to fly anymore. So he stepped away, and now we go to the second career. And here is where I really come to know John. Uh, he came to CBS, and I will tell you, he knew nothing. And I mean nothing about broadcasting. He didn't know what a monitor was. Uh, he didn't have an idea of what a producer did or a director did. But it was very fortunate that in the early days at CBS, the, uh, the head of it, Van Gordon Sauter, teamed him with a young, good, careful broadcaster by the name of Gary Bender out of Kansas. Basketball fans still remember he did our Final Four for several years. And that was, uh, that was so fortuitous uh, for John. I'm not sure that he would have ever made it as a broadcaster without that relationship for a couple of seasons with Gary because uh, Gary really taught him uh, how to operate up at a booth and when they were going to commercials and promos and the interrupt button and uh, – and John, John, of course, took it from there. Then about 10 of us at uh, CBS, I'll never forget this, because we had a roster of play-by-play -play announcers that included the great Vince Scully, Pat Summerall, and on and on and on. And there was a discussion as to who they should then team John with, because after working with Gary, it was obvious that he was our number one analyst. And every one of our play-by-play -play guys uh, wanted to work with him. Ed Hookstratton, who was the agent for Scully in Los Angeles, put a lot of pressure on Van to team Scully uh, up with John. And it appeared that that indeed was going to be the case. But but there were several people uh, in the production room who said, you know, listen, Scully's a Hall of Famer and whatever he wants to do, but I'm not sure that John will have enough room. Whereas if we team him with Summerall, uh, he can do whatever he wants. Pat will give him the whole pasture. And that's exactly what happened. And they became, in my opinion, the best play-by-play uh, -play team in the history of the National Football League. So that was, that was career number two. And number three, of course, started. And youngsters today, they don't remember the coaching. They don't remember the broadcasting. But they certainly know the game, the, the Madden game, which became uh, one of the most popular in history. I, there, there are so many anecdotes about 
uh, working with John Madden back in the days at CBS. We finished a playoff game in Chicago, and of course, uh, John didn't have really a fear of flying. He was claustrophobic. For example, we could never get him a hotel room above the third floor because he would not get in an elevator. So in those early days, before he got his famous bus, he would travel on the train all around the country. And I said, John, I don't want to see you travel alone back home after this playoff game. It's cold. Uh, I'll go with you on the train. So John and I start off from the Chicago station, and uh, the thing breaks down. I think twice we go to upstate New York, and they change engines and were stranded there overnight. And by the time we get to Grand Central Station, I don't know, two days later, I got up. I said, John, you're on your own, my friend. That's my last train trip from a football game. But he was the, – the thing about John, he, he was such a good guy. And uh, people would come up to him and talk to him. And John would always listen like, this person is the most important person I've ever met in my life. Uh, everybody just enjoyed him. And he never – you know, he, he never got carried away up in the booth. He was always entertaining, and everybody remembers, boom, boom. And <laughs> and, and I'm very happy that uh, he didn't caught a, get caught up in the statistical nerds that now rule so much of uh, game coverage. That was never that was never part of the uh, of the John Madden era. And uh, he lived a great life, full life, passing away at the age of 85. Had a great family, a couple of couple of sons that were frequently around uh, down in the studio days at CBS. They've grown up now. Uh, so it's a legendary career. But to your point, uh, John Madden, probably Commissioner Pete Rosell, uh, George Hallis, th- those are the kind of names that made an enormous impact. And when John was a broadcaster, as he came away from the, uh, the Raiders, uh, that was the growth in the NFL. Broadcasting took off, and of course, we have to we have to also credit uh, Al Davis because Al kept John on as a coach, uh, even though they couldn't beat the Steelers, couldn't beat the Dolphins in those championship games. But but Al styled something in John Madden, and, and Al Davis deserves an awful lot of credit too in the uh, in the building of the of the John Madden that we all we all knew and uh, loved so much. Brent, we're speaking with Brent Musburger here, legendary broadcaster, of course, the godfather here at VSIN and the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. We've got about a minute and a half left here, Brent. Just ultimately, what kind of legacy do you think John Madden left behind, and how will you ultimately remember him? You know, I suppose I'll remember him just for the stories that I told you and, and the impact he made on the NFL. Uh, but the younger generation, I really believe, will remember him more for the game than anything else. I, you know, the Madden game comes out every year, and every year it seems like the players get more and more realistic. I'm not a game player myself, but I've watched people play the Madden game, and uh, it's it's spectacular, and uh, kids enjoy it, and that's how they'll remember John Madden, the younger generation. I mean, there's a whole lot of people out there that don't, when I say the name George Hallis, they wonder, who's that? You know, and and he was one of the founders of the uh, of the National Football League. You no, know, he'll 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 remain a legendary figure, and you can go see his bust in Canton anytime. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's, you put it really well together right there, Brent. We appreciate you sharing your thoughts here. Of course, as we remember the late great John Madden, a pillar. Of course, three separate Hall of Fame caliber careers. Uh, in the world of football. Of course, he is Brent Musburger, legendary broadcaster, and of course, the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders and the godfather here at this very network, Vison. Brent, thank you for joining us here on My Guys in the Desert.
Happy New Year. All right. Happy New and Year. And some. <laughs> there we go. Happy New Year indeed as we try to cash some tickets later on in the show. On the other side of the break, Ariel Epstein, Yahoo Sports betting analyst, will join us to talk NFL and NBA props in tonight's slate. It is my guys in the desert here on VCD Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of My Guys in the Desert is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zin nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zin, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zin. So head on over to Zin.com find to locate a store near you. That's Zin.com find, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, it's my guys in the desert coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bonatoni. And joining us right now, oh, baby, let's go. Royalty is in the building. Ariel Epstein, Yahoo Sports betting analyst around these parts. We call her the prop queen. Ariel, hope all is well. The holidays are treating you well as we enter into 2022 here in just a handful of days. Let's start off with the NFL. I want to get some NBA props with you as well, but we'll start in the NFL, the penultimate week of the regular season, and you're eyeing a play with the home team on Sunday Night Football as the Green Bay Packers take on the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean, this game is going to be crazy looking at what this means to the division for Green Bay and the conference for Green Bay and playoff hopes for Minnesota. However, the last time that the Packers were swept by the Vikings was back in 2017. 2018, they did lose to Minnesota. However, there was a tie in the season as well. I can't see this mission Aaron Rodgers is on ending with the Minnesota Vikings at Lambeau Field. I really like Green Bay in the spot. And if you still have that six and a half number, it's a really good teaser spot to basically just get the Packers to win outright. Yeah, no, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is destined to win MVP as he is the reigning MVP. Might make it back-to-back years as he's in pursuit of his fourth award here. Monday Night Football, it's an AFC North rivalry. The Steelers hosting the Cleveland Browns. Now, this one might be the last home game for Ben Roethlisberger. Do you see a big performance from this Pittsburgh Steelers team as Mike Tomlin, as an underdog at home, tends to be pretty profitable going up against this Cleveland Browns squad? I do see this being a great spot for Pittsburgh to have a good game. Just think back to a few weeks ago where the Steelers played their last game at Heinz Field with potentially Big Ben and the Ravens in town. The Steelers put on a show and Big Ben and his players, they played hard for him. There's something to be said about players who are legends to their teams retiring. I mean, the Ravens went on and won a Super Bowl for Ray Lewis. Now you've got Big Ben as an underdog at home. I'm taking the points in a divisional matchup. The Steelers have owned the Browns throughout the years. And the fans are going to be cheering as if it is the Super Bowl because they respect and they love Big Ben Roethlisberger. Give me the points, especially with Cleveland one and three against the spread in the AFC North this season. Yeah, I don't know if the viewers or the listeners know this, but Pittsburgh 14, three and two against the spread since Mike Tomlin took over 
in 2007. That's Pittsburgh as a home underdog. So Tomlin tends to get these guys up for these spots when not much is expected and they're playing at home. We're speaking with Ariel Epstein, Yahoo Sports betting analyst, a.k.a. the prop queen, as we talk all things Week 17 in the NFL. And we'll get to NBA props Cowboys and the Cardinals, Ariel, two teams going in opposite directions. Dallas has won four straight. Arizona has lost three straight. What do you think about this game right now? Cowboys, five-point favorites, total of 52. I'm thinking Arizona and the over. First, I'll start with Arizona. They are 7-1 and one against the spread on the road this year. That's one of the best records against the spread away of any team in the NFL. This is a perfect spot for the Cards. People are probably going to back the Cowboys solely because of what they just watched on Monday. They played the Washington football team. Give me a break or Sunday. <laughs> now I'm forgetting which primetime game it is. Either way, it was a primetime game and it was horrendous. The reason I forget is because I turned it off by the end of the first quarter. <laughs> Arizona is a way better defense than Washington. Plus, even though the Cowboys average a ton more points when they're at home, Arizona has Kyler Murray, and he's going to be able to attack all sides of the defense by running on his feet, and Chase Edmonds has looked good. So I really do like Arizona this week, and they also have the NFC West on the line. But when it comes to this over, it's really intriguing. Both these teams in their respective spots, whether Arizona's on the road and the Cowboys are at home, they both score way more points, at least nine points more per game when Arizona is on the road and when Dallas is at home. Wow. I absolutely love the over. Dallas 5-2 and two to the over when playing at their home stadium. I know. I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan, Ariel, so you're, you're breaking my heart just a little bit saying that you're going with the Arizona Cardinals, but I agree with you. I think this is a great buy-low spot on this Arizona team and maybe a chance to fade Dallas after they're riding the high of clinching the division, putting up 56 points on the Washington football team. Let's transition to your favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens. They're hosting the LA Rams this week right now. Three and a half point underdogs, total around 46 and a half or 47 or so. We saw the video earlier today, Lamar Jackson, I mean, former MVP is looking like he's 75 years old, gimping around there with that ankle injury. What do you think about this game with the Ravens in a gotta have it situation going up against the LA Rams? Clearly the Ravens are going to try to throw Lamar Jackson on the field. You don't want to <laughs> hurt him. So it's going to, it's going to take a few more days to figure out if that right ankle is ready or not. If you do believe that Lamar Jackson is going to play, if you have some crazy inside scoop, obviously this line's moving in favor of the Ravens from plus three and a half to something much shorter than that. Mm -hmm. The way to play the game for me would be the over the Ravens. The one thing they're consistent at at home is hitting overs. They are five and two over under the Rams actually put up a ton of points on the road and they have been five, two and one over under when on the road. The best way to play the Ravens is by attacking their secondary. The Rams are going to put up points and they're going to attack the Ravens who have no cornerbacks left and a banged up secondary. COVID has hurt them. Injuries have hurt them. And unfortunately, their corners are out because of injuries, not because of COVID. So now with Cooper Cup coming out to M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, I am going to ride that longest reception prop. There have been 31 players in 15 games to go over this number of 25 or more yards for their longest reception. Go and take longest reception props or yardage against the Ravens secondary. Yeah, that Ravens secondary. I saw a tweet earlier this week saying that the five starters at cornerback from prior to the season have all been out 
for this Baltimore team. So I think it's me and you they're going to be calling next to uh, play cornerback there for I this said team. I'm willing to donate. I'm willing to donate any <laughs> different body parts that the Ravens secondary needs to make him make the playoffs. That's cool. It's fine. I'll do it. I know. We'll, we'll give Marcus Peters a new knee. Maybe we'll give Marlon Humphrey something uh, to get those guys back out there because it seemed like a cursed season for this Baltimore Ravens team. As, as for the total, though, do you still like it if for some reason Josh Johnson ended up still being the quarterback for Baltimore? Oh, I'd have to assess if it is Josh Johnson. It, there is still a chance, too, that Tyler Huntley could come back. I mean, it's mm -hmm. been a week and he had he was he had COVID on Saturday was when he got tested. And if with this new protocol, maybe there is a good shot that the Ravens could get back Huntley as their backup. So I'm going to have to see how the quarterback situation shapes out. And the thing is, I got burnt by the Ravens last week because I bet them at plus two and a half on Monday and mm. I teased them at plus eight and a half. And then it was announced the day before the game that Huntley was out. This is a wait and see game. That's why, at least for betting overs, looking at what the Ravens have been able to do on offense, whether it's Tyler Huntley, Lamar Jackson, or even Josh Johnson, they've been able to put up points. Johnson put up over 20 points, and he's he practiced for, what, three days with this Ravens offense? Huntley put up 30 on the Green Bay Packers. That's why the Ravens offense, it looks like they're stepping up and clicking and helping their backup quarterbacks out. All right, Ariel, we got about 90 seconds left. I want to transition over to the NBA. You got a prop going on in this Utah Jazz Portland Trailblazers game tonight, and it has to be with one Stifle Tower is his nickname. It is Rudy Gobert. The Utah Jazz Center is up against a team in Portland who has no centers. Speaking of teams that have been injury ridden, well, this isn't injuries. This is COVID, and the Portland Trailblazers have been ravaged by it in their center's room. I mean, they are—they have nobody. Their starting center, Yusef Nurkic, he's out again, and that's why you've got to go attack the center for the Jazz. Now, looking at what Portland's done, they've allowed for the fifth most points per game, and points in the paint, they rank 11th, and their points in the paint number has gone up from 47 to now 52 in their last three games, solely because they have nobody underneath. Mm. Last game out, the Dallas Mavericks center, uh, Chris Epps Porzingis, he ended up putting up 34 points, nine rebounds against Portland. Give me the Rudy Gobert props, the over on 14.5 rebounds, or his 33.5 points plus rebounds. Wow. Rudy Gobert is going to be a big night for him. So if you even in fantasy, make sure to obviously have him in your starting lineup. But I'm sure you would already have Rudy Gobert in your starting lineup. And of course, play the props right there. I might have to tell you on that one with Rudy Gobert going over on the points and the rebounds. She is Ariel Epstein, Yahoo Sports Betting Analyst, a.k.a. the Prop Queen, giving us some nuggets here in the NBA. And of course, her thoughts on Week 17 in the NFL. Ariel, appreciate you. Have a good Happy New Year if we don't see you until then. And best of luck tonight. Thanks so much. You too. All right. How about that? Their Packers minus six and a half. I kind of agree with her with that play right there. Of course, Adam Phelan, like we mentioned at the top of the show, having season ending ankle surgery. So it's all going to be on Justin Jefferson to carry that passing game for the Minnesota Vikings. But they will be getting back Dalvin Cook, who has been activated off the reserve COVID list. Sign up for a play card, debit MasterCard, and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank NA member FDIC. All right, we're at the halfway point here on My Guys in the Desert. On the other side, Steve Buchanan, DraftKings NFL analyst, will join us to give his talk. Thoughts, I'd rather say. Thoughts or takes, maybe tots, on Week 17 in the NFL. It's My Guys in the Desert here on VCD Sports Betting Network.
You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. It's my guys in the desert coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bond and Tony. Steve Buchanan, DraftKings NFL analyst, joining us here in just a bit. But first, we got to challenge some folks to be better. Starting off with the Washington football team defense. What the heck was that performance last Sunday night? The Cowboys scored five offensive touchdowns in the first half of that game. It's put up 56 points, but makes matters even worse. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne got into a fist fight on the sidelines. You're fighting your own teammates here. This unit, they seem to be unraveling. However, still in the playoff hunt, need a win at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. So be better if you want to keep your hopes alive. The next person that needs to be, be better is Drew Locke, Denver Broncos quarterback. He needs to be better not only for this week, but just for the sake of his whole career. The Broncos were held scoreless in the second half in a 17-13 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders last Sunday. Denver's offense, they have a plethora of pass catchers, Judy, Sutton, Patrick, etc. So Locke just needs to find those guys. It's pretty simple. Just find your guys, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. The Broncos are long shots to make the playoffs, but there's a chance, so don't screw it up. Mr. Drew Locke. And finally, the next team, the last participants who need to be better in week 17. Here we are again with the Arizona Cardinals. Just come on. Three straight losses now for this Cardinals team who at one point had the best record in the NFL. Somehow they were able to back their way into a playoff spot, even though they lost last week against the Indianapolis Colts. They're going to have to be better come postseason, so they need to start being better on Sunday when they take on the Dallas Cowboys as five-and-a-half-point underdogs. Can you compete with the best teams in the NFC? Prove it on Sunday as you go up against the Cowboys. All right, we'll tell you about somebody who already is being better He's one Steve Buchanan, DraftKings NFL analyst, joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. Steve, is there anyone, before we get into the NFL, anyone, any team, in your opinion, that needs to be better heading into Week 17? I mean, it's surprising that we didn't even talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, <laughs> dropping that game to the Texans. Unbelievable. <laughs> Look, I I know the Chargers were playing with some of their second, maybe even third string guys there, but Justin Herbert trying to fit some of those passes into some tight windows, two interceptions in that game. He's got to stop turning the ball over. That is absolutely killing that offense as of late. Yeah, a, a 13 point favorite on the road, losing outright, <laughs> not only losing outright, but losing by double digits to Davis yep. Mills, David Culley, and that Houston Texans ragtag organization. I don't know how that happens, but I guess anything is possible in the NFL. All right, Steve, let's get into some of the plays that you like here on this week 17 slate, starting with the Miami Dolphins traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans right now. Miami three and a half point underdogs total at 40. This Dolphins team on a seven game win streak after having a seven game losing streak. Do you think they make it eight come Sunday against Tennessee? 
I absolutely do. I saw this plus three and a half line, and I was salivating at the prospect of taking this one. They are six and one against the spread on this seven game winning streak, including both of the games that they were underdogs as well. The Titans have not been a strong team against the spread as home favorites this season. Two and three in that scenario, and they're failing to cover by just under a touchdown by 6.4 points. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be under pressure in this game a lot. And the Dolphins have 10 interceptions during this winning streak. You can throw against the Titans. That's going to be the strong point for the Dolphins. The Titans are going to struggle to run this ball. I think everything just checks out for the Dolphins here. So love getting them at uh, as underdogs at plus three and a half. Yeah, Tennessee, if they win this game, they can maybe put a little bit more pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs, who right now are in their way for the number one seed in the AFC. We're speaking with Steve Buchanan here, DraftKings NFL analyst on My Guys in the Desert. Another morning game, this was originally an afternoon game, now got flexed down to the morning, is the LA Rams taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Rams right now three and a half point road favorites going to the East Coast in that early morning window. Total right now sitting at 46 and a half year. I know you saw the video of Lamar Jackson surfacing from practice today where he looks rather gimpy, one might say. What do you think happens in this game later on this weekend? Yeah, this is going to be a scenario where I think they're going to run Lamar Jackson out there, and he's simply not going to be ready to play in a game. So how can you not like the Rams at minus three and a half in this spot here? The biggest problem with the Ravens, they are getting absolutely decimated through the air. They've allowed 11 passing touchdowns during this four-game losing streak that they're running against right now. Now they're going to face a Rams team that passes on 61% of their play calls and they have this guy called Cooper Cup who is absolutely annihilating anything that's in front of him. It doesn't matter if he's being triple covered at this point. He's still catching the ball and getting yards after the catch. I mean, I just don't know where the Ravens are going to beat this this Rams team at all. The Rams have covered in four straight games now, while the Ravens have lost outright in four straight games. This is a spot for the for the Rams. I have no problem taking them minus three and a half. All right, Steve, I have in my notes right here that you like the Houston Texans getting the points against the San Francisco 49ers. Right now at DraftKings, Texans 13-point underdogs, total of 44 and a half. But I want to ask you this. Do you like it if Jimmy Garoppolo plays or if Trey Lance ends up being the starter here for the San Francisco 49ers if Jimmy G can't go with that thumb injury? Yeah, I mean, right now, we're running under the idea that Jimmy G is not going to be missing this game. I mean, Kyle Shanahan seemed pretty adamant that despite with the strain, they're still going to try to get him to play in this one. So if he's coming into this game gimpy, this is too many points for the 49ers, right? This was originally at 15. We got the news out about Jimmy G. This dropped down to 13 and a half now, but I still have no problem with this one here. The Houston Texans have been double-digit underdogs many, many times this season. There's four and four against the spread in that scenario, but the 49ers just have not played well at home. Two and four against the spread as home favorites this season. They want to cover by over six points. And look, you know, we want to rag on the Texans all we want. Their secondary has actually been quite decent. You can run against this team. You can absolutely do that. But when it comes to going through the air, that's where teams are struggling right now. So if you add that in the mix with Jimmy G, how well is he going to be able to throw this ball? I just think this is too many points for the Texans. You're getting them at their highest point. They came off that upset against the Chargers, but 13 and a half points against a banged up 49ers team. Stormy would get going out of her mind right now, but like the Texans <laughs> plus 13 and a half. Yeah, we're going to talk to Stormy in the next segment here. I'm going to tell her that you said all that stuff you about tell this. Her. You, you tell her I told her. Yeah. 
I'll let her know that you said all that. Uh, Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks here, Steve. The market saw this game open at Lions plus nine. They've loved the Detroit Lions. Do you also love the Lions getting the points with a total of 43? Yeah, look, the Lions have just been a covering machine. Like, this team loses a lot, but they cover for people who bet on them. They've covered in six of their last seven games. They're eight and two against the spread when underdogs of a touchdown or more, which is what we're getting in this scenario here. Four and two against the spread when they've been when they've been underdogs by double digits. Now we have whatever you want to call this Seattle Seahawks team that's <laughs> taking the field right now. Just lost to the Bears. I mean, come on. Three and four against the spread as the home team this season. Three and five as favorites. The biggest thing here, the Seahawks just cannot protect Russell Wilson, he's been under pressure on 38% of his dropbacks, despite missing a handful of games. That's still one of the highest in the league. They just can't protect him at all. And then we got DeAndre Swift practicing in full this week. Seattle, one of the worst run defenses in the league, allowing just under 100 rushing yards per game. A lot of boxes being checked off for the Lions in this one. I think they cover once again this week. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind with the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff did not practice today. He says he's dealing with a knee issue that he suffered in their win over the Arizona Cardinals a couple weeks ago. So we'll have to keep that in mind for tomorrow's practice report. And of course, Friday's ultimate practice report here. We got about a minute and a half here left, Steve. Uh, you got a teaser play here. And it's an interesting teaser. Why don't you let the folks know who you paired the teasers with? Yeah, I absolutely love this teaser here. So you're going to pair the Buccaneers and the Chargers. You get the Buccaneers down to minus six and a half. And you get the Chargers at basically a pick 'em. So here's what you got to ask yourself: Are the Buccaneers going to beat the the, uh, the excuse me the Jets by over a touchdown? I think we can say yes on this one. <laughs> so we'll just put that one to the side here, right? But here you get the Chargers to basically beat the Broncos, who looks like they're going to be starting Drew Locke in this one here. You know the Chargers did lose that first matchup against Denver by a score of 28 to 13, but Justin Herbert had a really strong game in that one, threw for 303 yards, two touchdowns, but had two costly interceptions in that one. I mentioned that at the top here that he. He's got to control not getting that ball to the other side here. But this is a much weaker Broncos team that we're seeing this time around here. So I think that's a really favorable teaser you're going to get. You get that at minus 120. So Bucks minus six and a half. And then the Chargers to basically win. Get that at minus 120. You heard it there first. He is Steve Buchanan, DraftKings NFL analyst, joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. Steve, we appreciate you coming on the show here this afternoon. Happy New Year if we don't talk to you between now and Friday. So uh, best of luck later on this weekend. You too, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. How about that? Yeah. Who who has the Jets beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Nobody. So I see where he's coming from with that teaser right there. All right. On the other side, trends are your friends here on My Guys in the Desert. We'll break down a few of them in the college football bowl slate. And, of course, the one and only Stormy Tony gracing us with her presence here as she arrives in Tampa to cover the Outback Bowl. It is My Guys in the Desert coming to you on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VEASAN All-Access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. 
Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split, showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at vcin.com slash subscribe. It is the final segment of my guys in the desert here from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bonatoni, but Stormy is just moments away. We will chat with her. But before we get into that, let's tell your friends. Trends are your friends. And we've got three college football games here to discuss in terms of trends. Starting with the Alamo Bowl, Oregon taking on Oklahoma. The Sooners, seven-point favorites. Total is 63. And the trend that I like more is that Oregon is the under is eight and three in their last 11 non-conference games. I can see this being a defensive battle. Oklahoma's defense was pretty good this season. Oregon's offense, not so great. I don't expect many points from the Ducks. And I think Oklahoma actually wins the game and controls the pace of this game. So I like the under 63, even though it's perfect conditions indoor out there in San Antonio. The next bowl game I want to get to, the Dukes Mayo Bowl. A little Border Wars action as North Carolina is a nine and a half point favorite versus South Carolina. And the trend I'm rolling with is that South Carolina is three and 11 ATS in their last 14 games as an underdog. I think Sam Howell is going to want to go out with a bang with his North Carolina career as he goes off to the NFL coming up later on this spring. Spring. This Tar Heels team is just flat out better than South Carolina. Plus, the SEC has been getting just worked so far this bowl season. So I think that carries over into today's matchup. The next game and the last one that we have to discuss, Tennessee, six-point favorites against the Purdue Boilermakers, total 65 and a half. And to go along with this SEC theme of them getting worked, I'm going with Purdue, four and one ATS in their last five games overall. I don't know what it is about this conference that just means more. At least that's what they tell us. But for some reason, they don't like to show up during these bowl games. It could be motivation. It could be whatever. Maybe it could be their teams aren't as good and they only have maybe one or two elite teams in the conference. Whatever it is, I'm fading the SEC. So let's go ahead and back the Purdue Boilermakers. All right. That leads us to our next guest, our last guest, who we have saved for the best part of the show. She is Stormy Bon and Tony, the host usual host here in this chair on my guys in the desert of course an espn college football sideline reporter is on bowl game duty is going to be covering the outback bowl later on this weekend stormy good to speak with you it's been a while hope things are going well yeah thank you good to be with you i appreciate you holding down the fort for me back there at circa you're the man oh they're getting uh, sick of me stormy <laughs> no <laughs> never never instead of fridays it's a Femi full week. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but no, I did just land in Tampa a little bit ago. And I know our producer, Stephanie, was all worried the airport's going to be so loud. But fortunately, got good national rental car that I can just walk up to the car and sit in it. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Last night, Stormy, you were, of course, doing the guaranteed rate bowl with West Virginia and Minnesota over in Phoenix. And of course, I got to ask you about the highlight of that game. Daniel Falele. I mean, just absolutely amazing. The 380-pounder scoring a touchdown. Uh, what were your takeaways of the game with Minnesota defeating the Mountaineers 18-6? to Well, first of all, I'm with you. Let's address that play because it was incredible, actually, in the post-game ceremony for the game. Um, I was interviewing Kai Thomas, who was the offensive MVP because he rushed for, you know, 144 yards and a touchdown 
And I was like, did your guy, Daniel Fa'alele, take some of the spotlight from you with the thick stick? And everybody just started cracking up laughing that I called it that. And it was awesome. It was so fun. Um, and that O-line just in general is the real deal. I know we hyped them up a lot on the broadcast, but the average height and weight of all of those starting five up front, average height, six foot six, average weight, 336 pounds. Ooh. So, um, yeah, those are some big boys up front. And honestly, I was a little bit surprised that Minnesota didn't run away with it a little bit more. Um, I, I know it wasn't the sexiest game for those that were watching. Minnesota was the better team from the start. But, you know, it kind of started with those first two offensive drives that resulted in the red zone turnover, the missed field goal. They're moving the ball really efficiently, but just had a couple of issues early on. And the scoring just wasn't there as much as I thought. So, clearly, the under was the play, as opposed to that Maryland <laughs> game today. Jeez Louise. Um <laughs> But yeah, an 18 to six final wasn't necessarily what you thought it would be. It was uh, what nine six or eight six there for a while, um, and everybody was kind of surprised. It's it's interesting. One last note, just on this game before we move away from it, was that um, you know we worked so hard on all these storylines for the game, and my favorite storyline that I learned wasn't until I was doing the post game because the coaches are usually pretty forthcoming in our meetings and didn't tell us this beforehand, um, but their defense, which was so good last night, the Gophers defense was just outstanding, never gave Jarrett Dagey a chance, but that they had a theme this week was a knock mentality um, that P.J. Fleck took from the show Breaking Bad, saying Walter huh. White um, was talking to his wife and say, like freaking out about how like in the show they didn't want anybody knocking on their door to shoot him, and he's like, I'm the one who knocked. They wanted to be a defense who knocked, and they did. But I was sad I didn't learn that story until after. <laughs> they definitely knocked last night. We're speaking with Stormy Bonantoni, host of My Guys in the Desert, of course, an ESPN college football sideline reporter. Stormy, you're going to be at the Outback Bowl later on this weekend between Penn State and Arkansas. What kind of news and notes have you learned in doing your research for this game? Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, as you said, Penn State, Arkansas, Hogs is their first bowl game in five years, and they definitely have fewer opt-outs than the Nittany Lions do. I think they're going to be fired up for this one, so maybe not going to get blown out to the way some of these other SEC teams are you were talking about and identifying in your <laughs> picks. Um, I, I like what Sam Pittman has done for the program for sure. They're really good up front, good ground attack. There's, you know, there's problems, don't get me wrong, penalties and inconsistencies, but They've been kind of one of those surprise teams this year, won four of their last five games, and the only loss in that span being Alabama, which we all remember, yes, Slugfest was just a touchdown separating the winner and loser in that one. Penn State, um, you know, obviously had a very strong start to the year, struggled the back half, ended I mean, a 7-5 year that easily could have been 10-2, and two, right? Um, they just couldn't seem to win some of those close games later on in the back half of the year. Um, they opened as the early favorite in this game, um, and now because of all their opt-outs, they, they have a pretty significant personnel hit. Now they're a one-point dog. Um, but just to give you some insight into some of those personnel issues, like this is a defense that's allowed less than 17 points per game, but they're not going to have their All-American safety, Jaquan Brisker, their two best tacklers in Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks at linebacker, and potentially two more defensive linemen. That's still kind of TBD um, there. But that just leaves Curtis Jacobs and some combination of plugins to do a lot of that dirty work against the number two rushing team in the SEC. So certainly a challenge there. Offensively, both teams are going to be missing a really good wide receiver. 
for Penn State, senior and starting wideout Jahan Dotson, who um, made his intentions clear Monday. He's not going to play. He's a potential first-round guy. Uh, 12 touchdowns over 1,100 yards this year. And then Traylon Burks for Arkansas, who's their most dangerous playmaker for sure, also declaring for the draft. So a lot of players missing, unfortunately, but we do have the quarterbacks, and, you know, that's yes. what a lot of people do for. All right, so we've got about a minute left. I want to get your takes on the college football playoff. Georgia, of course, taking on Michigan as seven and a half point favorites, total 45 and a half. And then you have the Bama Crimson Tide, 13 and a half point favorites against Cincinnati, total of 57 and a half. What's going to happen Friday in the CFP and who will be playing in the national title game? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's not so good enough. Torn. We need an answer. <laughs> I know. I'm very torn in these games. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, I didn't bet. Um, but I do. I am excited just to see Michigan's ground game against Georgia's run defense. That'll be a fun battle. But I, I, I haven't bet that one. I'm on Cincinnati against Alabama plus 13 and a half. Okay. Um, I I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm on the bandwagon. I want a group of five team there. Um, and I think that they have the pieces to do it, particularly in the defensive backfield. I think they could create some problems potentially for Bryce Young. Yeah, you were covering that Cincinnati Navy game earlier this year, I believe. So you're able to say that you knew them way back when before they made it to the CFP. She is Stormy Bonatoni, host of My Guys in the Desert. Of course, you can catch her on the sidelines of the Outback Bowl between Penn State and Arkansas on Saturday. Stormy, best of luck the rest of the week, and we'll uh, chat with you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have fun. All right. How about that? She likes Cincinnati. I, I can see it, but... I don't know if I want to step in front of the Crimson Tide whenever they play one of these teams that doesn't usually get to the playoff. They usually win by a pretty significant margin. All right, that does it for the show here on this Wednesday. Thank you to Brent Musburger, the godfather of VEASAN, of course, the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. Thank you to Ariel Epstein, Yahoo Sports betting analyst. Thank you to Steve Buchanan, DraftKings NFL analyst. And, of course, thank you to Stormy, who I've been filling in for this week, of course, the host of My Guys in the Desert. Coming up next here on VEASAN, Rush Hour with Dan. Danny Burke, cash some tickets, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow here on VCND Sports Betting Network.